Hi, Gary Corpenning, Venice Presbyterian Church outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a, we're going to pull the curtain back. It's been a very full morning for me today. And um, I uh, like to have what I'm going to talk about kind of lined out for me on paper. And I just haven't been able to kind of make that work. So I'm just stepping off without much of a safety net under me. We'll see where we get to. Um, I just want to continue to talk about Romans 12 and verse 9. Uh, because it just is striking me as a very timely verse for us to ponder and think about. So I'm going to read it to you again. This is Romans 12, verse 9. In the New International Version, it reads this way. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, I want you to notice how Paul connects love and good and evil in this verse and, and, and ties links them together as being deeply importantly related to each other. The way he talks about how we react to evil and good um, takes us a little deeper into how he thinks about the way human the human heart relates to the world. Um, I, what, one of the things that's plain is that he's calling us to a certain orientation of life, that we should be drawn to what is good and revolted by what's evil that that's the that's the essence of the of the right orientation to life um the language he uses here is real graphic the he talks about clinging to what's good or as some translators talk about it, embracing what is good drawing it to ourselves or drawing ourselves to it to what's good and the word he uses for hating evil is is a very kind of an action-oriented word. It means to shove it away or to, to be abhorred or appalled by it. To, to be ab to, Sometimes it's translated abhor what's evil. It means to sort of push it away and pull together to yourself what's good. It's a, it's a kind of a, an orient life that's guided by desiring the right thing. To have a deep-seated desire for what's good and a revulsion at what, of what's evil. And I want to just suggest to you that one of the key points here that Paul's made from the first part of this chapter is that we aren't the ones who define what that is. God is. The world around us, right, as he talks about up in verse 2, is always trying to conform us to the world's point of view. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't let that happen. Don't let yourself be shaped by the world, but rather let God transform Form you into something different and that something different is going to be that we will have a heart that's drawn to what's good what he defines as good and that is revolted by what is evil what he defines as evil now our world is going to define those terms good and evil in very different ways than he does because the world's fallen and the, the fact is that inside of us we are also going to be prone to try to define good and evil on terms that we like better but the truth is God's point of view on what's good and evil supersedes all the others. But he links these things together with love. As you see in verse 9, here, Romans 12, verse 9, Paul says these things are linked together with love because this, this uh, definition of what's good applies to human beings in the sense that what is good contributes to their well-being. God's vision of good and evil is not something that is harsh and 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 um, painful to us but that ultimately what is good in god's eyes is good 
because it contributes to the well-being of human beings. And what's evil is evil because it undermines the well-being of human beings. And that's why love and good and evil are linked together in this verse. This verse sees love as something that pursues what contributes to the well-being of others. And that's why Paul calls us to sincerely love others. Because when we sincerely love others in a selfless, unself-interested way, we will pursue the well-being of others in terms of what's good. And we will seek to take away what undermines the well-being of others as we shove evil out of the way. This good and, and evil question is not just, it's not just about us. It's about our relationship to others. God is always turning us out, saying, I want you to live in a way that is focused on contributing to the well-being of others as you pursue the good for them. And in these hard and challenging times, that's the, the task before us. I've talked about that, how the, the, the context of hardship and fear and anxiety can cause us to turn in and become self-interested. And God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, keep your, your heart's desire so much on the good that you are seeking that for other people, that that's the pursuit of your life is to seek what is good and apply it to the lives of all the people around you, regardless of how you feel about them, whether you like them or not. Um, it's That's not relevant. God calls us to love everyone, including our enemies. And that means to seek their well-being also. It's a challenge. It's hard. It doesn't come easy to us. doesn't come naturally to us. But when we do it, we are we line our hearts and our minds and our lives up with the pattern of Jesus, who shows us how to love our enemies by seeking their well-being. So that's my challenge to you and to me, is that we seek ways to do that in these times, that we don't seek ways to, to bash our enemies, but to provide for their well-being, to seek the good of all. It's hard, but in God, we can do it. So let me challenge you to do it, and I'll join you with that. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you that you love us even though we don't deserve your love and that you seek our well-being even when we seek to reject you. We ask, Lord, that you'd give us your heart and help us to live after the pattern of Jesus. Amen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Take care.